What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a very special pre-recorded episode of Take the Black Live, but without the lie. My name is Dan Selke. I'm the editor at WinterIsComing.net. And your name is Daniel Roman. You are another editor at WinterIsComing.net. The guy in the back is very true. dog. He is wearing a sweater Aww. because when we recorded this last week, it was very cold out. And he needs a sweater to protect his tiny canine body because this week we weren't able to do this live uh because our producer richard is uh, occupied at the super bowl which i think is some kind of pottery competition so um we're doing this ahead of time so we can't have your comments we can't interact with you guys this this week we'll be back next week live but we thought we we still wanted to give you um a show so dan and i are going to talk amongst ourselves about a topic (laughs) that is um I, I think a going concern, the pending apocalypse uh, in the world of television, specifically for fantasy dramas, the likes of Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, The Witcher, The Wheel of Time, and so forth. Daniel, what am I talking about? Uh, you, you know, you're talking about this big fantasy and sci-fi TV boom that we've had. God, Scruffy looks so good back there. It's keeping him warm, but it's also making him look stylish. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so we've had this big boom in fantasy and sci-fi TV since Game of Thrones. Like, we Mm -hmm. can pretty much tie it to the success of Game of Thrones that this has happened. Um, And the big question that's on our minds, or a big question, is when's the bubble going to burst? All these studios have been, you know, shelling out record amounts of money on these shows, Stranger Things had a budget for season four of like 30 million an episode, 20 million, some obscene amount that was way more than, you know, if we went back 10 years, it would be really, really rare to never to impossible to see a show with that kind of budget. Um, And then you've got the Rings of Power, which is needs her four story trailer with central air, indoor plumbing. And um, that's right a diamond tiara rack i bet it i bet her trailer is not that ostentatious but i'm gonna imagine it is mm-hmm. is she a total diva i don't know we don't know but we're gonna pretend um so yeah i mean what do you think dan because i've been a little con- not concerned but you know whenever we've talked about in the, this in the past i've been like oh that'll happen at some point sure 
I believe you. That'll happen. The bubble will burst. It always does with these sorts of trends. But I feel like we've had a few warning signs that it might be kind of on the horizon yeah. sooner than I expected. So what are your thoughts on this? Do you feel like where the apocalypse is nigh? I kind of do. I think it'll be more of like a um a whimpering deflation than a pop. But I mean, um, yeah. bubbles, whether it's the real estate market, <laughs> the stock market, an actual bubble or um, a trend in movies and TV, they always go away eventually. Uh, yeah. Like we're talking like um, but before before we were born, uh, Westerns musicals had their day in the sun. They both went out. Um, and, and like you said, Game of Thrones is this giant hit. And since then, for for a while, mm-hmm. we just have been in these new shows over and over and over, some of which people have forgotten. Remember the Shannara Chronicles? Oh, sure. I don't. Remember? Um, I, I first, do. I, 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 I suppose you do remember them. I, I, actually, I remember them, too. But um, I try to forget Cursed. They were, they were there and they were gone. Remember Cursed Netflix? Yeah. Remember the Bastard Executioner on FX? All of these kind of no, not oh well, there you go, put bastard in your title. You're not going to get anywhere. All of these shows <laughs> that were kind of riding this dark fantasy wave that Game of Thrones um, brought in, mm-hmm. and a lot of them kind of fell on the wayside. But the studios were very insistent. And what's changed recently is we've been getting these these kind of more concerted attempts to really recapture that magic with like you know cursed mm-hmm. and the best execution chronicles all those things were kind of like low rent sort of like um like a dreamworks copies disney back in the 90s and just hopes they have success too but like something yes. like the Lo- the rings of power from amazon or the wheel of time or the witcher from netflix these are like proper pushes to try and have a giant fantasy success and all of them have sort of had problems you know, yeah. the, the the Rings of Power is the most expensive show in the history of TV, and it did all right, but it wasn't like watched like a house on fire. It wasn't it didn't like top the yeah. charts and it got a lot of blowback. The Wheel of Time also was, again, popular, a success. But when you're chasing sure. Game of Thrones numbers, not as big of one. And again, some blowback too. The Witcher is I could I don't know what's going on with The Witcher. It, it's 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 sort of just the same before our eyes. Although again, all yeah. of, all of this is a lot of resources and all of this is, is stuff people have really put a lot of time into. And they're all hits, but I think we're getting to a point where they're all gonna look at these shows and be like, I mean, it's it's been successful, but without like becoming a phenomenon, I bet they're gonna ask themselves. Could we have this level of success with like, why don't we revive the 90s sitcom? That'll be a lot cheaper and could be just as watched. I think we're getting to the point where we're going to look at those numbers and say, eh, maybe we try our hand at something a little different next time that we can either afford to trail ourselves, not very likely, or to imitate, just imitate something new. Because I feel like the studios have made their big swings now. They've made the Rings of Power. They've made the Wheel of Time. They've made the Witcher. And they've gotten like solid single and double base hits. But there haven't really been home yeah. runs. And I, and I feel like when you spend that much money, you want a home run or nothing. And I'm betting some are going to get ready to move on in the nearest future. What's the easiest choice you can make? 
Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because, you know, these the goalposts shift, right? So like Mm -hmm. if their budgets and everything that went into making these shows were not as astronomical as, as they seem to be, um, you know, they probably would be considered a success. Like you said, like, you know, you have something like Cobra Kai. I don't know what the budget is for Cobra Kai, but it clearly does really well because Netflix keeps renewing it. It turns around seasons pretty quick and it's gotta be relatively quick to make. Um, so it is interesting to th- to think about like at what point does the investment become not worth the return um and i think the the tricky thing about this is thinking of it solely in those types of very businessy t- terms i almost feel like is part of the problem um because you know amazon's lord of the rings show that's a pretty good example of it felt they had all the money in the world to make this thing. Yes, they what do. it kind They'll of do. lacked was like the spark and maybe a Craig Mazin to come in and say, you guys have a real big problem um, because it was similar to game of Thrones first pilot, which had very inexperienced showrunners. HBO no. brought in experienced people. I don't think it was Mazin. It was someone else. They brought in. Yeah. I mean, to, uh, Mason to was the one it. who was like, Mason hey, just told them sucks. it was Maybe messed up. Yeah. Yes. But but Amazon, so it's a similar situation, very inexperienced showrunners, but Amazon is not a television studio. Mm-hmm. So they didn't, you know, the navigation of that as an issue is something that I don't know that Amazon had the experience to find their way through the way someone like HBO did. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at The Witcher on Netflix. That's another pretty great example of Netflix really wanted a big fantasy phenomenon. They went all in on making it an expanded Witcher universe. Um, and I, you know, I don't know the numbers for Netflix. I don't know whether, how they consider it a success, but you have something like blood origin, which is very Ooh. clearly a, a cash grab. Um, and it kind of makes me think of this thing. Steven Spielberg said, I believe it was oh. Spielberg a while back where he, ex- you know, he used Westerns as an example, just like you did. He was talking about the superhero boom in movies and basically yeah. saying these big tentpole movies like that's what's popular right now and trends come and go and i'm he was like i'm not saying this to attack superhero movies i'm just stating it as a fact that's what happens trends in media Usually. come and go and and his theory was at some point we were going to reach a point where like five or six of these huge tentpole movies flopped 
And yeah. like, that would be the thing that led to the bubble bursting. And then that would lead to a beginning of a shift in trends. And it almost feels a little bit like we're seeing that right now in the television space, specifically yeah. with fantasy and sci-fi, because we've had some hits, but there have also been quite a few flops at this point. Like the Shannara Chronicles is a decent example. I enjoyed the first season, uh, but it was a mass show. It was MTV's take on a fantasy show. And that really tells you all you need to know about it. Um, So, yeah, I mean, at this point, seeing, you know, things like Westworld get axed, seeing. Yes, um, that's a big one. You know, Westworld was one HBO's like one of their attempts, first attempts to really capitalize Mm -hmm. on their Game of Thrones audience, because that came out around the same like during Thrones run. It was in a similar time slot. Yeah, it was very clear like that was another big genre thing they were pushing to get part of that audience. Like really expensive, lavish fantasy sci-fi drama that they could market as like blockbuster meets prestige in the way that Game of Thrones was, which was what everybody wanted to get their curvy little mitts on. Um, I. I do think I do wonder, like you're right, that, that Spielberg, uh, who I'm sure and, and some other people have and like, oh, trends pass, come and go. I, I do wonder yeah. if they're operating on like an older way of thinking, because I think that I, I that was definitely obviously true back in the day. Things get, you know, we, 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 we like you release a movie into the box office and it flops or it goes. It's it's a little different now because the incentives are a little different. Sure. Like the reason you make something for a stream. I wonder if like it's not so much a fantasy bubble that'll burst, but like a streaming bubble even. Like once they all yeah. have the subscribers that they're gonna get and they realize that like why are we spending tons of money to get like the same number of people um that could participate some other stuff. Well and I mean, I, I, and I also think that uh the flops have to be bigger than Shannara Chronicles. No one's yeah. paying attention to Shannara Chronicles. No one like totally. kept, kept the cursed. Like it, it's got to be. It has to be <laughs> like a, a rings of rings power, power. size yeah. thing has to fail and fail badly. And I don't think it has. By the way, like those big ones have been hit ish that they haven't. And yeah, the, the, and the one place that's still doing well is HBO. How do they do that? Like, how do they put out House of the Dragon, which has been a big hit and is expensive, but is still clearly worth it? You still renew it immediately. It's still like causing all this buzz. They're putting out The Last of Us, which is this giant, big video game sci fi thing, and it is still making tons of buzz. And you know that like Ted Sarandos at Netflix and Jeff Bezos is looking at it going, like, Why can't I? Why can't we? Um, how do they manage that? How do they manage to kind of beat buck the trend and still go forward with these big opulent dramas that seem to hit pretty regularly? Well, I think it comes down to just making good shows, honestly. And it's not just it's not just HBO that has managed this. No. Because I think Stranger Things is a great example of this yeah. too. Where where Netflix for Netflix, Stranger Things is one of the few cultural phenomenon shows that I think is it, it's in the same conversation as Game of Thrones at this point. Is it as huge? Probably not, but it's big enough that we got to talk about it in the same breath now. Um, so I feel like the golden, you know, the secret sauce is 
having people who are really invested in these specific stories that they're telling. Um, not to say that, you know, people aren't invested who are working on the rings of power or the wheel of time. I'm sure they are. Oh, um, obviously. But again, it my easy go-to because I'm very uh, um familiar with the the books, the video games, the all of the stuff for it is The Witcher is is a pretty easy example to look at and say, you know, were they are they building this this way because they're super invested in this story or because they think they can cash in on it as a big fantasy property with lots of Damn fans, man. pre-existing fans. And I think HBO has still made things with pre-existing fans. Like The Last of Us is a Last great us, example. Yeah. Um, but The Last of Us is also being made by the guy who wrote the game and the guy who made Chernobyl, who was an enormous fan of that story, who sure. you know was looking to make it before this opportunity ever came up. Mm-hmm. Um, like PlayStation was pitching HBO saying, hey, here, Craig Mazin, which of our games will you make a show of? And he would look at the list and be like, why isn't The Last of Us on here? That's the one I want. Um, so, really? yeah, I, I think the secret sauce is just making good shows, honestly. And HBO, like the mark of quality has always kind of been HBO's thing. So I'm not as surprised to see that they have, you know, had more hits than misses, com- mm-hmm. comparatively speaking. Um, but at the at the same time... At the same um, time. I don't know. HBO's had some rough times too. Like David Zaslav said, our big experiment, the grand experiment of throwing money at shows basically is coming to an end Um, because they've had things like raised by wolves. They've canceled. They canceled Westworld after declining ratings. The nevers was a giant mess. Um, That's true. HBO's not, you know, unmarred. They're not walking away with their hands clean either. David Zaslav, by the way, do you think we'll still have, Oh, I was just saying that um, it is the president of HBO parent company, Warner Bros. Discovery. There are now like five companies in the media. So you were asking, it sounded like a good question. Yeah. So one, you know, I think you've said this before that you expect the DNA of Game of Thrones to stick around. Yeah. So oh, yeah, there's no question. Your point well, about the stream, this maybe being a streaming bubble that's bursting more even than a fantasy bubble necessarily so what do what does the future look like to you, Dan? Do you think we'll still have these big fantasy shows and maybe just less of them? I think there's think? definitely an appetite among creative types to make things bigger on TV now. And I, I'm not sure that that's going to be easy to shake. Yeah, I think we're human beings. I think we're dazzled by big flashing lights and fireworks and things that go whir and buzz and um. Even if you're not talking like a, a, a fantasy or a sci-fi drama, just once you kind of open that door to we can spend jillions of dollars on a TV show and make this big epic world, it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be hard to close that again. Like, um, yeah. So I think that even if maybe we get fewer literal sword sorceries, horses, armor, shields, people talking in like British, but not British accents, uh, <laughs> we'll still have some of these big tent poles for a while in the same way that we have like tent pole movie blockbusters. Um, yeah, I will say it, it's it, and you're right. It, 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 HBO has has taken its lumps. I guess it just had a good batting average because you're right. The 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 the, the yeah, got canceled. I mean, like, but you know what? Just I know this is kind of controversial. 
just Ooh. we we don't like the cold hard business people who come in and step on the creative <laughs> people dreams but Westworld <laughs> sucked like so maybe sometimes there there, there, there there should be a cold hard business person to say like that's not working like it just like no one's watching it and the people who are watching it don't like it like i should stick around um I wish the Nevers could have kept going. Yeah. That was kind of too bad. But that um, had lots of problems beside that. And I will say, too, it's not just good shows. Like, Apple TV Plus has things like Severance, oh, yeah. Far Mankind, which are great, great shows. I haven't watched that one yet, full scripture, but Far Mankind is wonderful. And they're both expensive. They're both sci-fi yeah. shows, both high concept. They're both really kind of, you know, different and cool and innovative. They're not too widely mm-hmm. watched because it doesn't have that kind of marketing push. HBO kind of has... The reputational value too of like decades of like the place you go for prestige te- television and sure. the wire and the sopranos yeah. and the i don't know sex in the city and the oz um they're, they're just kind of an island of themselves it's hard to touch them although and then stranger things yes it's definitely a big success over there daniel one of my questions for you is so if this hmm kind of um big fantasy boom sci-fi boom is coming to a middle or maybe even an end what does hollywood still need to adapt while the window remains open if you could choose some because you read a lot of fantasy books i see books on your shelf behind you i do um i do it's true if if you could choose some series to adapt that they haven't gotten around to yet what's it going to be i think if we're thinking specifically of HBO, um, have to. just because anybody. they're the they're the ones. That, well, I think something by Brandon Sanderson is the big one. Um, okay. He, you know, he is the highest selling fantasy author who has not had an adaptation yet in mm-hmm. the world, basically. Um, so, which because of his Kickstarter last year has kind of sparked all this new interest. So I expect we will see some kind of announcement. Um, Sanderson has said he expects to be able to make a Hollywood type announcement in the next year. Um, I don't know which Mm. story that will be. I know he was working on a script for his Mistborn series himself. I don't know what the status of that is. Um, As a TV show or a movie? I think is a movie a, a Mistborn. Okay. I think could probably work either way. It's a very special effects driven story. There's a lot of magic, which is kind of Sanderson's MO. Um, the Stormlight Archive is his really big one, but that, it's so hard to imagine how a studio could even tackle that because it it is a huge series and it kind of you know with these stories they make the most of the medium they're in and i think stormlight archive is one of those where it does things you can only do in a book enough that it's hard for me to really wrap my head around how it would make the leap to tv and they're huge okay. books um, but yeah so so sand setting sanderson aside i think no. hbo stuff that should get made fonda lee's jade city um uh-huh. or the Greenbone saga is the name of the series that's basically like gangster Yakuza story meets like urban fantasy. I don't know why HBO hasn't made that yet, honestly, because it's like their brand to a T. It's Sopranos, mm-hmm. but fantasy. Uh, like, why haven't you made this HBO? Um, that and Joe Abercrombie's First Law are the two big ones that always come to mind for me. What's that um, about? So First Law is <laughs> about this 
thinking man's barbarian named Logan Nine Fingers, who basically Whoa. gets roped into this political quest type thing. Um, it is a very dark, uh, seedy type of fantasy story. And what I would say about Abercrombie's work in general is that mm-hmm. so in the early 2000s, publishing went through this same trend that we're seeing now in television, mm-hmm. fantasy publishing, where basically A Song of Ice and Fire came out and a lot of publishers wanted A Song of Ice and Fire, but shorter or easier to ah. do, easier to sell and more profitable because book, shorter books are less money to print. Sure. Um, Sanderson talked about this, how he had a hard time breaking in because everyone wanted another George R. R. Martin, like dark, gritty fantasy. And basically sure. what they wanted was Joe Abercrombie because he writes in that same exact type of vein. Um, so, yeah, I, I think HBO should just, you know, take the the lesson from the history book here from book publishing and just skip this painful process of of false starts and just make first law. <laughs> um, Would you want to adapt? That, yeah. Like those two, the, 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 the finally series and first law before a Sanderson book, or, or do you think Sanderson deserves an adaptation? I think most studios would. I, okay. So he, <laughs> this is going to be hard for me to say, I think Sanderson deserves an adaptation. I think mm-hmm. he has the built-in audience. I think the Kickstarter proved sure. if they made yeah. Sanderson movies, they would obviously do well. But he doesn't want them to be bad, like garbage movies. So that's the the tricky balance. I think doing Greenbone Saga or Joe Abercrombie, um, doing something like that before Sanderson, mm-hmm. I think they'd be easier to do with shows. And honestly, I think they'd be better shows. Oh. Um, it's easier to imagine Brandon them. Sanderson. You heard it here, folks. I, okay, go on. I love, I love Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> He's one of my favorite authors. But I think Fonda Lee's writing and Joe Abercrombie's writing and those stories they're telling, it's easier to imagine them making the leap to a television medium. I think there right. are things about the way they write that might translate even to really, really good shows. And I think that's part of why Game of Thrones was as successful as it was, too, because people forget George R. R. Martin was a TV writer for a decade. Yeah, that's true. And in terms of how he does the beats in his novels, there are things that translate to television that he kind of brings into his books that not every author does. Yeah, um, so, yeah, that's that's my hot take. I'd love to see Sanderson, but someone please make a Fonda Lee or Joe Abercrombie series first. It would probably be a really good show. Either of I those. have one other question about that, but for, I, I want I, I'm reading Time of Contempt right now by um on the Dostoevsky yes. of the the Witcher book, and sometimes I, I'm sure that that you read books too, and you're I, I'm like I'm reading them and I'm like this feels like he watched movies and then wrote this out like a like like an action scene in a movie. Then somehow George R. R. Martin manages yeah. to be both very cinematic, but the books don't feel like they're teleplays. It's 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 yeah. it's a hard balance to get right. But okay, I'm about to, okay. Totally, I, I haven't read Sanderson. I really need to. I intend to. This is my last question about this because I'm just curious because maybe that's why he hasn't had an adaptation, even though he is like 
I know his name. Like I, I he, he's a big deal, but he, yeah. I'm, it's surprising he hasn't had anything bite. What about it is hard to adapt, in your opinion, as opposed to a Drow Abercrombie um, or a Fonda Lee? Honestly, I think a big part of it is how magical his worlds are. Okay. Um, so, like, like as a one, I think the complexity of the stories he's telling because Sanderson, his books tend to be longer. They tend to have more plot lines and characters all interweaving in very complicated ways. Okay. You know, like similar to A Song of Ice and Fire in that way. Um, but the the other side of it is, I think, magic and making creative magic systems is kind of his M.O. And it's harder Super. to translate that to a visual yeah. medium than That's it is true. to just write how magic works. So, like, The Wheel of Time is the closest comparison I can draw. Um, sure. And, and Amazon is managing that, I think, with... They are, yeah decent decent enough success that i would say they, they're succeeding right now with the wheel of time i think they have an uphill battle in terms of portraying all the nuances of the magic from the books and sanderson's books tend to rely pretty heavily on nuances of his magic systems um so like as just a, a small example like his stormlight archive there are these things called spren they're okay. very cool spren. uh and they they are basically like little magical embodiments of emotions so like if someone's agitated like anger spren will will be drawn to them and pop up and they look like little things um so, so things Pixar. like that is okay. it, yeah it, honestly i think out. something like stormlight archive like as an anime it's very easy to imagine it working well but as a live action thing okay those kinds of elements it's harder to wrap your head around how it would translate to the screen whereas greenbone saga joe abercrombie there are other authors like uh kings of the wild is another book i could see this working well for they're grounded gritty realistic fantasy right. stories they still have magic like about they still fire, have... right exactly yeah okay. um you know I feel you. the the big gut punches are and oh this thing went wrong with the magic it's oh this person did an awful thing mm-hmm. how do we cope with that <laughs> that so, totally tracks yeah the the those yeah i i i i because it's it's a drama sanderson's writing and just i i think it's hard to have like compelling drama but also there are little emotion magic spirits flying around it's it's challenging yeah, people, it's doable but challenging yeah, okay and people I can flying around <laughs> yeah people, and people, people flying, flying around. around and doing crazy magic and i mean marvel it, does it. It, it, it marvel does it it's not i'm not saying it can't be done yeah, but it, it is done. harder to do than a you know people talking in a room with a really good script and 100%, having yeah. that be and people getting murdered and those being the real like emotional turns I think we'll get both. I hope we'll get both. Um, I think the window is sort of closing. I mean, also that the other counterpoint to that is that even if you have good material and willingness, it doesn't mean you get it with the, it doesn't mean you actually get it adapted with a big culprit there being the King killer Chronicle. Sure. Which was this, you know, Uh, very quite popular fantasy series. It still is talked about Mm -hmm. people waiting for the book and it was going to be made into a movie. It's going to be made into a TV show. It had Lin-Manuel Miranda behind it. And it just didn't do it. It it just didn't happen. And 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 that could be a yeah. million reasons what collapsed behind the scenes. But it's hard to get a thing like this together. It takes like a lot of people all um, 
acting in tandem at the right time in the right place for the same reasons. And um, yeah, maybe Sanderson has proved a little too hard to sell to everybody up and down the chain or something the way yes. um, you might be able to sell someone on the wheel of time or something. I'm not sure. But I yeah. hope I, 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 think, I hope I get to see it. Yeah, I mean, me too. I think you're right about the selling it up and down the chain being a little harder, but not mm-hmm. even that. But selling it up and down the chain to him as an author that they'll do it well is harder. We're just going to lie to him. With That's Sanderson fine. even. That's a good of that one. Yeah. Um, you know, the Greenbone saga, uh, Peacock was actually making that and oh, they okay. bailed. They they, oh, they right. didn't end up following through, unfortunately. Um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. But yeah, this it, it's interesting times we're living in. Um, <laughs> are there any... <laughs> Any stories you would like to see adapted before the bubble bursts? The only one that I really want to see, I'm not a, as voracious a fantasy reader as you are. And I think, um, like, some... Who is adapting this? Last I checked. Uh, by Bernard Cornwell. I, and it would make a great book series. Oh! Uh, uh, TV adaptation. The Warlord Chronicles by Bernard Cornwell. Yeah. Bad Wolf coming to... Uh, whatever someone's adapting it is it bbc I, itvx no it, i don't know i don't know who it is it's some british thing great great books very grounded it's like it's king arthur but it's kind of like the realistic version of king arthur um it'd be perfect yeah. for tv really well written yeah the characters you got your stuff i think it'd be utterly perfect I, and i think bernard Cornwell's great the last kingdom is his stuff and and that ended up being a, a really successful show um, that's yeah. the one. That's one I've always thought. Like I'm reading this, and like this is made for television, but in in but again, not in like the kind of obvious way that some you read with some authors, like a way that is compelling sure. to read, but you can just see how it would translate. There's nothing like off-putting yeah. or difficult about it, but it's still very involving. That's the one I would I would love to see. And someone is making it for like, but yeah. like for Channel Life, I, I, I've never heard of. So honestly, <laughs> I, I'm not really sure it's actually going to go through. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I and Cornwell, you know, he's another. I, I I'm gonna hate that yeah. I'm saying this, but a proven commodity. We'll put on the business yes. hat for a second because the Last Kingdom, which is Bernard Cornwell, totally. that isn't that is one that did really well in this hey, boom. It's not a 90s. fantasy show, but it's. Still kind of in the same. He had like um, his Sharp series was adapted with Sean Bean. Yeah. And, and, and that was a success too in 2000. Oh, yeah. Know. Right? Wow. I didn't realize that was adapted. I totally forgot Sean Bean was in that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, I don't know why they haven't jumped on that, but whatever. That's beside the point. Um, hopefully, the, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll um, squeeze some more cool stuff out of it before the window closes and we move on to TV shows about cave people. Or whatever the next. Like, yeah, I'm gonna go live action. What, what is that? Stones, Clan of the Cave Bear. Sitcoms no one wants what that we're gonna show. Go Sorry, I said that sounds like Clan of the Cave Bear. We don't need that show. I mean, is that a real show? Well, it's a real book, uh, okay. and they made a movie out of it in the '80s, I think. But it is what you're talking about: cave people, historical fiction. Uh, think Outlander, but cave people. That's the the best comparison I can. No, okay. no time travel, just set in that era. 
Gotcha. Um, a cave person's concerns. I, so a question I have for you thinking about this mm-hmm. too, um, you know, you asked what books I'd like to see get adapted. One I didn't mention that I purposely didn't mention is The Lies of Locke Lamora, uh, which yeah, that series does that have one. bastards in the title. It's The Gentleman Bastards. I didn't mention it because of what you said about the King Killer Chronicle, which is uh-huh. that kind of fizzled. I think, and this is purely speculation. I wonder if part of the reason it fizzled is because it's not done. Because that studios can get into yeah. a really hard spot with True. perpetually unfinished book series. And Gentlemen Bastards is in that category too. And Game of Thrones kind of ran into trouble when it went beyond the the source material. So do you think it matters for studios? Should they ju- only be scoping out finished series? Or do you mm-hmm. think they should be trying to capitalize on the zeitgeist of anticipated series by risking it on ones that may or may not ever get finished? I think if you have the right person and the right series who has the right vision, it doesn't really matter if they're finished or not. Like Game of Thrones, yeah. After the it ran out of book material, it it, it had some blowback. It didn't have to. I know exactly how they what they should have done. I, if yeah. I were there, it would have been perfect. Of course. Um of course. Um you know, especially there if you have like a lot of runway, if you just get good creative people who have the right mix of respect the source material and care a lot about it but do your own yeah. thing when you have to and forge one direction i i don't see a reason why you couldn't um adapt something that isn't finished yet and then just finish it i would okay we're gonna wrap this up pretty quick but tell us you, how you feel I, I i always like this comparison are you familiar with the anime series full metal alchemist uh, vaguely. I haven't seen it. I know I need to see it. And I, I mean, vaguely know what it's about. Do what you want. I don't think you, it's not something you're going to see right now. <laughs> okay, the point of that is there, this is manga person was writing this one August manga and the studio starts adapting it before she's finished. And then the, the exact same thing it, w- w- with Game of Thrones happened. They The show gets to the point where huh. they are, the manga is, and they're like, well, we got to keep making this. So, and it wasn't like close to finish. It was like halfway through. So they make the rest of the show and they just kind of go off in a, their own direction. Cause like, well, they, you don't have anything. So we're just going to make it up. And then when the author actually finishes years later, it's compl- like the second half is utterly different. Like they made up everything else. Huh. And then yeah. they adapt a whole new show that's based on the manga, the completed oh, manga. Wow. And I'm here to tell you, okay, this is it, this is so obscure, like a disagreement. But the first show, the one that went its own way, way better, way better. Um, really, okay. way more interesting, cooler characters, better conflicts, more human drama. I watched both, and I'm like, the first one was there's so much better written. Um, so yeah, I I, I see no reason. Game of Thrones could have been better than A Song of Ice and Fire if they'd had me there to just d- direct them how exactly how they should have done it. Um, they and, did and make some, some choices stumbles. I liked, for the record. Yeah, totally they did. Yeah, Like, they, they, like they, having they, Tyrion they meet Daenerys too. in season five. Yeah. I thought that was a really good choice. Battle of the Bastards, who knows that's going to happen? Who knows if Cersei will blow up the church? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but um, they, were, they were great yeah. stuff. They, they, they had some really great stuff. So no, I don't see a problem with adapting things that's not finished yet if you have good people who can again respect the source material but also forge their own past if they need to i think that's fine 
Yeah, I think that's a really fair point, honestly. I And I do think that is the crucial bit, you know, kind of like when you ask what what is HBO's secret that they are having a higher batting average with these shows? And it's, well, they do their best to make really good shows, first and foremost. Um, and they have, I like, think the that is, to sell them. Yeah, which draws the creative people who are mm-hmm. really good, who might want to work with them. And I think you're right about that with, you know, changes or going past that that can still work if you have totally. the right team behind it um and you know even looking at something like this last week's or i guess it's two weeks ago's episode of the last of us mm-hmm. that's one that made a lot of changes but it it still had the spirit of the thing and yeah. it ended up and it being was great even better probably yeah, it, gonna be the best was. of the season i mean we'll see but uh like i I mean it was definitely the best so far it was it was wonderful yeah um so yeah that's where we stand any closing thoughts on any of this stuff um i think the closing thoughts that i have are yeah you know it's reasonable to wonder if the bubble's gonna burst if we might start seeing less fantasy shows but but maybe more focused efforts instead of this broad net that everyone has kind of been throwing with at, at all these different yeah. studios um i hope that the long-term effect of this is that even if studios reorient or realize you know they can't always dump huge amounts of money into all the shows they hope do well that we have big budget fantasy and science fiction shows as a mainstay of the television landscape moving forward even if there are less of them if we just have them as a regular thing that'd be cool mm-hmm. and also what a time to live in what a time what to be your... alive and be watching television what under a... cash like going outside that's right what are your right. thoughts dan i don't Close, got closing um, thoughts. thanks for none. watching we are available uh to download in podcast form on itunes google play i agree with you i thought it was all very insightful um wherever <laughs> podcasts are available and we'll be back live next week uh, at our normal time, yes. Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, last week, guest jo- uh, host Camilla closed with a cheesy joke, so I'm going to tell one now to sign off. Ooh. Um, Daniel, if you met a balding alien from beyond the asteroid belt, what condition would you say he has? I have no idea. Male what? Saturn baldness. Okay, I'm out. Oh my God. Have a great day. See you next week. Bye. Adios. (laughs) This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. 